Hello everybody, welcome back to the Footballcast. Today it's only me, Rocco, but we've got loads of football to talk about, including the Premier League, the title race has just heated up, and we've even got Champions League for you guys. Semi-finals are coming up, the title race is coming down to the wire. Remember to keep listening if you do enjoy. A great weekend of upsets and roller coaster rides in the Premier League because we saw upsets for Manchester United, Arsenal and um, obviously between Manchester City and Liverpool. I'm going to talk about all of it right now and we're going to start off with the first game of Saturday and it was Everton versus Manchester United. No, not, not really surprisingly, Everton came away with a win and this this is because Manchester United just look so awful at the moment. Nothing they can do really. It, you know, it seems to work obviously. It's looking it's looking not good for them at all. Um could be could be very very bad for their season. Obviously, if the FA Cup winner is someone outside of the top five, then they are not going to get any European competition at this rate. They will stay in seventh. Now, obviously, West Ham are level on points with them, uh, but have played a game more. So it is likely Manchester United will take the Conference League spot because you know the fifth and fourth place battle is very much between Arsenal and Tottenham Hotspur and that also heated up on Saturday as well. Tottenham Hotspur took a trip to Aston Villa and I'm going to talk about that one in a second. But when you have and I I'm going to talk to this game talk about this game and it it just one players that some players that just really stand out for me from Manchester United just really need to leave the club. And it, I know that's quite a strong statement but it's fair enough. I think that some of the players in in the some of the players in the in the Manchester United squad are awful and it includes Harry Maguire, someone they paid eighty million pounds for. Aaron Wan-Bissaka, fifty million pounds. Marcus Rashford, he's been awful this season, so I think I think he just really needs to leave and I think I think it it would be better for those three players for their own career and Manchester United. So I think it's a deal that Ten Hag obviously almost confirmed to come in should definitely look to make. Uh, obviously, a, a struggling Everton. You should never be losing to a relegation threatened side if you're competing for a so-called top four space. Manchester United played awfully in this game. We have a look at the statistics. The shots on target were at Manchester United's favour, but they they had the same amount of shots as a relegation threatened side. They just they controlled the ball, but they just couldn't do anything with it, and that's where it really frustrates me. I know possession is not everything in in modern football but if you are a strong side you have players like Cristiano Ronaldo in your side and you're having 67% of the possession you should be scoring at least two goals and it's and it's become so bad for Manchester United because it's not just a one-off if you think about it Manchester United's form has been awful recently you know drawing to Leicester losing to Everton Losing, losing to Manchester City four-one, drawing to Watford, lo- only just beating Leeds, beating Brighton and Leeds with a probably only two good results since January because since then they've drawn to Southampton, drawn to Burnley, and they've and they've you know drawn to Villa. It's been absolutely shocking, shocking for Manchester United, which is a, a huge, huge shame. 
But on the other hand, Everton poor from them as well. The only good thing about them was the Anthony Gordon goal, and it, it was a fair enough finish. It took a few deflections to take it past De Gea, but it was it it was a goal. A goal is a goal that counts. They do look pretty safe from relegation now. They are four points off the drop because, but they have played and they have played a game less than Watford, who are in nineteenth place, almost guaranteed relegation. So, for me, it only looks it only looks up for Everton here and where if Manchester United keep down keep this it's they're going down in in quality definitely and I think players like players like Ronaldo are going to get fed up and then that is the that is the ultimate fall apart of their club if they haven't fallen apart already and Everton and, and I like to talk about Everton a bit because obviously the idea of relegation is still there for them Four points is not a lot, you know. That's a game lost and a game drawn for Burn. Game one and a game drawn for Burnley. So it's not tricky. Burnley will fight to come out. You know they've got le- they've got the same goal difference. So it's it's very very possible. But if Everton get relegated, it's it's awful. It's really really grim for them because they've got international players. They've got players like Pickford, who I'm surprised hasn't left yet. They've got. Deli Alley, who is so lazy, can't even get into the starting eleven. Donny van der Beek on loan. They're not going to be able to afford any of these players' wages because, you know, they, they consider themselves to be a top-flight team, as they most certainly are. But they just... But they just... So they, so they make these... So they make these signings that will cost them £200,000 a week or something incredibly ridiculous like that. And how are they going to be able to afford that realistically if they get down to the championship? So Because the, the Premier League generates so much money and so that is one of the problems for Everton. They've got to survive the drop, or they, or they will have a lot of unhappy players, and you don't want unhappy players at your club because then it overall just starts to go down football quality-wise, and if not, the financial quality has gone down. Now then we saw, now then we saw some several several decent games, but Arsenal straight after lose to Brighton and Hove Albion. It was a it was it was a great performance, and I think one player that really stood out for me was Mwepu um, for Brighton. He was excellent. He was absolutely superb. The way he played, a goal and assist. He was dropping into pockets. He found the space. Partey was awful once again. Lakonga couldn't do anything in midfield. I think it was some really really good football from him. On obviously as usual, Yves Basuma was incredible, but I think it just it rounded off such a good Brighton and Hove Albion display. You know, Arsenal only really started to pick up for the past for the last ten minutes. They did have most of the possession, most of the corner kicks, most of the crosses, but Brighton stuck it out, and I think that's exactly what they need to do. You know, they've had a great season. Graham Potter is doing excellently as the Brighton manager. A top half finish could be on the cards, but their goal difference says otherwise because they are. They are the same. Um, they are on the same points as Palace, but um, their goal difference is twelve less than Crystal Palace. Now, I just think the way that Arsenal are playing is not going to serve them well. And obviously, their main aim was top four. They were flying for top four even two match days ago before they came into the Crystal Palace game. They were still doing excellently. You know, they do have the brag of a game in hand, but 
game in hand against Chelsea, and it's not it's not an easy game, Chelsea, especially at Stamford Bridge. Speaking from Tottenham's fans' perspective, who, who when we've been smashed at the Stamford Bridge several times, so Arsenal are three points away from fourth place, which are Tottenham, and ten goal difference off them. This is that was the impact, obviously, of Tottenham winning four nil and five one um, consecutively, and Arsenal losing three nil and two one consecutively. So that's why I'm so impressed with with Tottenham, but Arsenal just really need to pull it together whether it's the midfield whether it's the attack I think it's a bit of everywhere as I said in the last episode Lacazette did not turn up and I'm surprised Arteta hasn't made these changes you know I knew Arteta to be a good manager but he's made barely any changes here obviously Lukonga did come in for Thomas Partey but it was just it, it didn't make a difference and I think the difference needed to be made is bringing a striker I think Aubameyang was the worst piece of business a club could do giving him away for free when you could have even made 15 million or so pounds from him I think it was absolutely absolutely shocking from Arsenal in a business perspective they, they're not always known as a bad business club but that was shocking for me they have no backup striker apart from Eddie Nketia. Can you really trust them? In can you really trust him in a in a top four race? Not really. So that that is where that is where it comes in for that's where it comes in for Arsenal as a big problem. If you get rid of your number nine, that that you have to think that you know you 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 have to play that number nine, and and that was the wrong decision, of course. Um, and Alexander Lacazette could not do anything at all, and. And twice in a row, even against Palace, he couldn't couldn't create. He couldn't find the space. He couldn't pass the ball. It was, I think, I think that it was, I think that it was, it was a shame that Arsenal had to suffer because of a poor piece of business made four months ago. And then obviously Gabriel Martinelli came into the side, made no difference at all. Did have an offside goal, but it was miles offside. Could could not really be more offside. I saw it from. Saw it from on the TV, which is very tricky. Saka again shut down really well by Cucurella. I'm really happy with him. I think he's I think he's an ex excellent player. Um, obviously no start for oh no start for uh so no start for Tyreek Tyreek Lamptey. Um, he he seemed he seemed very good. I also thought Adam Lalana when he came on, 15 minutes to go, seemed excellent. Um, and Leonardo Trossard once again, a solid performance from him, a goal to his name, and that has done Tottenham Hotspur a big favour because Arsenal have dropped even more points now. I'm going to move on to the other side of London. Obviously, this one, this game was in the, on the south coast of England in Southampton. Six nil was the final result. Chelsea. Um, won that game 6-0 and 6 goals were scored inside 54 minutes um, 4 goals scored inside 31 minutes which I thought was the perfect response from Chelsea after losing to Real Madrid and Brentford consecutively quite heavily in fact I thought perfect display Timo Werner was excellent Mason Mount was excellent 2 goals and an assist to Mason Mount 2 goals for Timo Werner I just thought it, there was nothing that could have been better you know Chelsea needed to smash a team. I think they just really needed to batter a team to get the confidence up. It's similar for Tottenham Hotspur as well. But, you know, that gives them a bit of reassurance. If they hadn't have won that, 
and Tottenham would have gone on to win Aston Villa as we did, um, they would have been two points off Tottenham and Tottenham, Tottenham could have been, you know, threatening to get um, third place, which which could have been very, very, very problematic for Chelsea. Um, they, obviously, they don't want to fall into the top four race because, you know, they were on a title charge earlier this season and what happened to that? No squad depth, very unfortunate injuries. Chilwell and Rhys James getting injured at the same time feels like a coincidence, but it was it's it's a huge bit of misfortune, um, and they they obviously couldn't take advantage of it at all. Had no left back, had no right back for a bit, um, and had to play had to play you know absolute you know sh- shocking players. Um, you know obviously they norm- they normally play three at the back, but they had to play Loftus Cheek as they did against Real Madrid last night. And they had to play, had to play several different midfielders in that, in that rule where they don't feel necessarily comfortable. Um, I'm just going to skip through this one because it wasn't as important. But Watford losing three 0 Leeds United are officially safe from the drop. I I think they'll be very happy to hear that. 32 games played for them. Watford almost definitely going down this season. It's been unfortunate. Only just came up, but uh, it looks like they're heading back down. Also. And then, then we went up to Birmingham for the last game of Saturday. It was Aston Villa versus Tottenham Hotspur. Shingwin Son scoring in the first three minutes was great for Tottenham because it gave them the opportunity to just sit back and relax for the last few games. But Aston Villa really, really were very good. And I think in the first half, obviously only, the way they pressed Tottenham, the way they worked it through our defence, it was a very, very physical game. I thought, and obviously, Matt Docherty has gone out for the rest of the season due to a Matty Cash really bad challenge, which is a very big shame because he's just hit, hit form. And that's that's the problem. Could that be a problem? Possibly. Um, but I think the way that Villa played in the first half was great. Um, they had so many shots. It's eight shots on target, five shots off target and six block shots. Obviously, Tottenham only having 11 shots, much less. Obviously, they had about half of the possession because Tottenham did start to dominate in the second half. But excellent from them, I thought. The the way that Aston Villa played, I think, was spectacular. And obviously, the result does not... The result doesn't reflect that, but it shows a team that have quality. They've got, they've got not just individual quality, but team quality. Obviously, um, they have got Coutinho, which who does add to the equation. But they've also got players like um, Ramsey, who's he's a homegrown player, and he's been perfect for them in midfield. I think he's the abs- he's the right player for the job. And Danny Ings had so many good chances; he just couldn't put away it, it, it as you could call it. Wasn't his day, um, which was very unfortunate for him. Um, which I think you know it's 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 fair enough. You do some people have those days, but if. Villa had scored. I, I, I personally don't think Tottenham would have won. I, I don't think Tottenham would have um, come away with a 4-0 win because 1-1 at half-time is a very ambigu- um, ambiguous score. And you, obviously, last game we did end up winning 5-1 from that result. But it's, it's, it's a result which is very easy to hold for Villa. In, in particular, obviously, a lower side than Spurs. Very easy to hold. And I'd, I'd, I wouldn't be surprised if they would have been happy with that because... It's, it seems like a very a, a very good result for them. But 4-0 to Tottenham, a great performance. I think Kulisevsky has just shown absolute brilliance. The way that he pl- the way that he's playing with the front three, it feels like he's been here for a year. 
Um, Jungmin's on and Kane, obviously, brilliant as ever. But Kulisevsky's passing is incredible. His running is incredible. And, you know, Arsenal fans, Arsenal players laughed at us for comparing him with Saka, but maybe it's not out. And, and it's, this isn't on form. This is this is not incredible form, to be honest. He, he hasn't scored an incredible amount of goals. I appreciate Saka's had a good season, but is he really... Is he quality, is, is the question. But but Kulisevsky has been here for a month, four months, and he's... He's really he's not scored that many goals, but he's just shown his technical ability. And for me, his technical ability is a lot above a lot above Bakayo Saka, which is which is I think fair enough, it's a fair comparison. Maybe Saka would win it because he's had a good season, but do we even know Saka is that good, right? He's had one good season. And and I am not I'm not being biased here, but he's I'm not comparing him with anyone. But he's had one good season, bounced back from a Euros defeat, I accept that, despite, frankly, letting the country down by missing that penalty. He's bounced back really, really well, and I appreciate that, that shows he could be a good player, but as long as he can do it next season, he'll have a bit of proof, but obviously... Kulisevsky, I know, I know, I'm being a bit of a hypocrite here because he has only shown it for about four months. But it's the technical ability. It's not about statistics. It's not about goals. And when when I see Saka playing, he doesn't always look like he's going to beat the the left back. If I'm perfectly honest, but Kulisevsky, nine out of ten times when he gets on the ball, he is going to beat the left back. He is going to pass it into Son or he's going to pass it into Kane. That's why I think this front three is one of the best front threes in the world. You know, obviously Benzema and um, Benzema and his front three is probably the best in the world. Obviously, there's Manchester City, which is isn't really a front three, but this front three is perfect and it's. And it's proving to be worthy of a Champions League space, so that will be that will be great if they can secure that. Now we move on to Sunday, and West Ham United lose to Brentford. That was a huge shock, shock for me because, um, well, they were on they were on a good bit of form, um, but now maybe that European dream for top four does look a bit out of question. But they are pushing very very hard for the Europa League. Lyon drawing to Lyon 1-1. Have a game tomorrow night. And it's all to play for, really. Quarterfinals. If they win that, Champions League is theirs. So it's very very likely. Um, Palace beat... uh, Paris, Palace, sorry, um, beaten by Leicester City. 2-1 at the King Power Stadium. Nice one for that. But... Game of the weekend was indeed Liverpool visiting Manchester City and I just thought this was so good, so, so good um, from from both sides, from from both sides. It was incredible quality um, between the two sides. We, we saw Kevin De Bruyne take a really early lead, a slightly deflected goal which could be considered fluky but I think the way Liverpool responded was superb they they did not stop attacking and that's what you want to see from a that's what you want to see from a Liverpool perspective now from from what I've noticed and from what a lot of other people have noticed Liverpool did seem to quite hold off in that game and I don't I don't know whether that was purposeful or whether that whether that you know was 
based on how good Manchester City were that night because obviously we know Liverpool, we know how good they are at shooting. Sometimes they have 30-odd shots on goal, but only had six shots, only six shots, and Manchester City had 11. So they had half of Manchester City's shots, despite, I think, being... A worse team, and, and I, it's a shame because I, I quite I quite like Liverpool. I think they're I think they're a contemporary side. I think the the way they play, the the pressing play is the really the really good place, really good place to start. And obviously, pressing play. I'm t- talking about it just then. It was superb from Liverpool fr- from the fifth minute to the to the to when. To when they to when Manchester City had the chance to win it with Riyad Mahrez, their pressing was incredible. Manchester City had a lot of the ball, just just over half, but they just they they managed to do what you should be doing, which is Liverpool, which is closing down your opponents, getting to your opponents first, and that's that's what really really did 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 them some good this game. Um, Obviously, a draw does not change the standings. Both teams pick up a point. Whereas, if Liverpool had come away with a win there, um, it would have been top of the table. And they have got a much bigger goal difference than Manchester City. So, even Manchester City losing and Liverpool drawing gives Liverpool the top spot. So, it's looking optimal for Liverpool, but Manchester City still remain top of the table. I personally do believe that Liverpool will win the title because they've just um they, they just do look like a more consistent side if they can keep obviously Salah, Trent and Robertson fit, three of the key players. Um Diogo Jota, it was very clinical. I was very very happy with his performance. I thought that his play was obviously second to none in this side. He's always been an incredible player for me and I think that he's really, really well, really, really well, well-rounded as a player. He can pass the ball, he can run with the ball, he can shoot with the ball, which I think is, I think is crazy. I think he's his technical ability is brilliant, and I think that he was definitely the right player for Liverpool, Liverpool to buy. It was about forty-five million, but he seems completely worth it. He is in the Golden Boot race. Um, obviously, Mohamed Salah is currently top of that but Son Heung-min is three goals off that um, I believe that is the same case yeah I believe that is the same case for Diogo Jota oh no he is on 15 goals so five goals Diogo Jota needs to catch up with his Mohamed Salah teammate but he's been he's been splendid I think and very very good po- possibility that Liverpool are going to get to the final and here is why well, the final I was referring to was the Champions League final, and it was a huge, huge game for Villarreal last night. Obviously, the first leg they won 1-0. Everyone thought that it was going to be a repeat of last time where Bayern Munich go and go on to beat them 7-1, but no, they hold them to a 1-1 draw. Samuel Trucreze, in the last five minutes, got them the winner, and it was just spectacular. Spectacular from Villarreal. Unai Emery is a European masterclass, won the Europa League last season with Villarreal, got to the final two seasons before that with Arsenal. I just think he is a spectacular, spectacular manager, very underrated. His domestic competitions may stay otherwise, but I think he's proved himself on the biggest stage in Europe, up against the finest teams, Bayern Munich, and 
you know, and Juventus, perfect, perfect spelling performance from, from him. Now, they may not dominate the stats. They def certainly did not dominate the shooting stats. Um, Bayern Munich having four shots on target, 11 shots off target, and seven block shots, um, dominating 65% of the possession, and, alone, and 11 fouls, and 39 crosses. Villarreal weathered the storm, and that's where I find it on another level really um, it's it's another level to me and I just think that Villarreal can go far obviously their team will be Liverpool um, Liverpool when if if Liverpool go through against Benfica of course I, I do strongly believe they will a very easy draw um, but extra time was called upon at the Bernabeu last night Real Madrid um, did actually lose the game to Chelsea in the second leg it was 3-2 but Real Madrid's aggregate was enough the game started off quite well for Chelsea dominating the possession very nicely Real Madrid didn't have too much time on the ball but Mason Mount was the one to get the first goal and it was a good finish nice finish and I think and I think it just kept coming from there. Great header from Rudiger. Obviously, the controversy was coming from whether that was a corner. I think it wasn't uh, when you look at the replay, but you cannot VAR corners, obviously, even if it is a goal. But it, it's not. You're not a. It's not a, a, a reasonable rule. Um, also, Marcus Alonso had the chance to win it, 62nd minute, but he was. Pretty, pretty offside. Uh, VAR did rule out that goal. So the game remained for Chelsea's taking. They needed one goal to get ahead on aggregates. They did so. Timo Werner with the goal. An excellent run through the whole team. Just a bit of fortune, but fortune is deserved when you play, when you have dribbled through half the box with five players surrounding you. But then we saw a masterclass pass from Luka Modric, architected so nice into into the path of Rodrigo's feet, and it was so nicely done that Rodrigo could finish it outside of Luka Modric's foot, crossed in with the backspin at straight to Rodrigo's feet, and that was the goal that took Real Madrid to extra time. Rodrigo was the saviour, so was Luka Modric. Full time. And then it was what three one to Chelsea on, but on aggregate four four. What a game we had on our hands. We had to go to extra time, but it was Kareem the dream Benzema who did who did end up converting the cross from Vinicius Junior yet again a header for Kareem Benzema, which gave Real Madrid the entry pass to the semi-finals of the Champions League. I thought it was, it was, it was. It was a great performance from Chelsea. Obviously, Tuchel was very annoyed at Tuchel was very very annoyed at the at the referee at the end of the game. If you do want to hear a bit more about that, um, it should be on the website. Um, but he he was very very annoyed, very very annoyed about the referee. Obviously, we saw a huge huge chance. Obviously, Tuchel got booked in the 113th minute, but we saw a huge chance for Kai Havertz, who had an open header, but he just couldn't convert. That was such a shame, because because that would have been the equaliser penalties, kick, penalty kicks, I believe it would be, because away goals do not count. But today, so Real Madrid will have to play Madrid, 
Atletico Madrid or Manchester City. Manchester City looking likely to go through after a 1-0 win in the first leg. Liverpool looking likely to go through against Benfica. That game is almost done. So Villarreal, Liverpool and Manchester City um, versus Chelsea versus Real Madrid is what I predict. Obviously almost confirmed with Villarreal and Real Madrid going through. We also do have a bit of the Europa League coming up this Thursday, the second leg. Atlanta versus RB Leipzig, two of the Champions League heavyweights. Barcelona versus Eintracht Frankfurt, a hostile game where Barcelona did manage to come away with a 2-1 win. Leon versus West Ham, 1-1. Aaron Cresswell, the left West Ham left-back, is ruled out for that game. He is banned um, banned for a very, very soft challenge. But it's 1-1, all to play for. And also another game on in the conference league that I like to highlight. Roma versus Boda Glimpse. Boda Glimpse haunt Roma again after an 8-0 win in the group stage. Can Roma turn it around? Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. This was the football cast hosted by me, Rocco. If you do want to see more, there is stuff on our TikTok. And there is also stuff on and there is also lots of stuff on our website. So remember, do check it out. Hope you did enjoy. And if you did enjoy, please consider following, giving us a five-star rating. Everything helps. And listen more often. Thank you, everybody. That was the football cast you just listened to.